1: Hi, boys. Hi, everybody. Welcome yeah. into Spare Change, part of Sack and Pennies, presented by Mobile One. You got Corey LaJoy down there in beautiful sunny Talladega, Ryan Flores, Danielle Trotta. Woo! A lot going on down there on the track today. You want to start with uh cup or trucks? Because it was spicy.
2: Well, I laid down a heater of a second-to-last second to fastest lap in Cup Series qualifying. So we got them all where we want them, all out front tomorrow. Not super enthused with that lap, to be honest. And I wish we had a little more raw speed in our car, but not the case. Uh, so it's going to be uphill battle uh, for us tomorrow. And I really worked for like two and a half minutes. That was a hard day's work. And obviously we have a lot to cover in that truck race because I still feel like they're finishing up after all. They didn't trash them all. I think, figure like you give them three or four more laps, they, I think that he got all of them. And we had fights in the pits and we had Jensen took a tumble on the playground, so we were in the infield care center. So it's been an exciting day, even though we've just qualified here at Talladega.
1: Well, first things first, how's baby Jensen? Is he all right?
2: He is good. He just he uh, was sitting on the park, the park bench, fell off of it, hit his noggin. Uh, I believe the concrete took more damage in the back of his head, so uh, Kelly took him to the infield care center. They looked at him for about an hour, and, uh, you know, he, he walked, he waddled his way out of the info care center and he's good to go. So,
0: were you were you in the infield care center when all the chaos was going on? And Nick Sanchez came in after I getting punched in the face. It.
2: Dang, I just missed it. I saw the blood on the ground. <laughs> should I mean, have been was, our inside correspondence. I just missed it by like 10 minutes.
0: Should have had a follow up visit. Hey, I'm going back.
2: <laughs> well, I saw my man Nick walking out, backpack unchanged. Eyelid, la- not nah, mm. eyebrows. Busted up. Had some Elmer's glue holding that thing together, like you are in fourth grade.
0: Looking more uh, like Diego Sanchez. That's UFC
2: fight. Yeah, looking like Diego. San- I said, "Bro, get some ice on that thing. It's going to be black and blue." Uh, and he says, "Hey, good luck tomorrow." I said, "Thanks. I'm going to need it." Wild, wild. Matt Crafton, <laughs> the old squirrely vet, had enough of the young kids coming there, and I. Oh, I was in a pilot I, I don't know.
1: Corey, you've ever been so pissed that you just park your car in someone else's pit and walk off?
2: I can neither confirm nor deny that. There's a story about the Snowball Derby one time that my car in, like, inadvertently got parked. And some guy, what was his name? Ryan, help me. I don't know. He's from Canada. He just... No, we came. No, All was I knew one. is
0: I didn't know why we were fighting. Why are we fighting? What happened? You didn't say anything. So
2: I broke a drive shaft in a, in a snowball derby. I came to rest. I came to rest almost getting on the pit road, but like four or five car lengths away with like four feet in between my window, my door and the guardrail. And I got my belts off and I'm taking my hands off. Obviously, our day's done. And some son of a is looking down at his dash. Grabbing his water bottle, God knows what he's doing, and stuffs it, wedges his car in between at like 30 miles an hour in between my car and the guardrail. Like, burr, burr, burr. I said, What is this son of a b- doing? It just made me so mad to like for this guy to not paying attention to just try to either fit his car in between mine and the guardrail or just wasn't paying attention at all. So he came to rest side by side with me and kind of up on the guardrail. And I, um, got out of my window and I started walking across his hood and I didn't want to just walk across my hood and not like inflict any damage. So I found where his air box was underneath my feet. And I started jumping up and down until I felt it broke. So I felt it break in half and then I got off and I felt like my job was completed.
0: No, you didn't because they were parked next to us on pit road. So they were in oh, there yeah. working on the car and Corey walks back to our pit box and proceeds to yell at the guy and almost fight the guy while they're working on his car on pit road. And none of us, because he was out of the car at the time, had any freaking clue what was going on. So he's like fighting this, wanting to fight this guy, but we just broke. So we're like, what this, what this guy weld the shaft This thing, what, are you, what's going on? What are we doing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it yeah, wasn't until no like context. an hour later. I don't know if Sanchez's crew, if like that's what started it, because. They were not happy. I, I've seen it. Like, we're all watching it. Everyone's trying to find all the replays. Front Stretch got a ton of stuff. I honestly, like, I saw someone – Front Stretch is reporting NASCAR says they're gathering all info regarding the altercation between Matt, Nick, and others, and we'll review before making a ruling later in the week. I've heard two
2: sides of the story already. We're not even That's here. an hour removed. Let's hear You've heard Nick's post-Infield Care Center story, right? All, I was walking, minding my own business, got tapped on the shoulder, turned around, got knuckled to the face, got served a knuckle sandwich on a silver platter. I heard the other, another side of the story, not from a, maybe a valuable source necessarily, said there was words exchanged and some comments said back and forth and then came the fist. So the pr- the truth probably lies somewhere in between. And there's no video, so I guess we're never gonna truly know. But NASCAR's gonna get to the bottom.
1: Well then in the, the melee where there's like just a bunch of people and Nick's screaming, I can't find Crafton in, in that part of the mix, so maybe those are some of the crew guys. But the part you're talking about where apparently Matt broke his he's Nick says he has a broken nose. No one has that no one has that part on on video. So
0: Nick says Matt has a broken nose or Nick. I'm sorry.
1: Matt. Nick says he has a – like, he himself, himself. has a
0: oh, – Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh.
2: Dang.
0: Oh, man. I, I just don't – Bad look for both of them, I think.
2: That's what I was about to say. It's just not yeah, a good like, look grown men punching each know. other.
0: I like Matt Crafton, right? And if you're on the track, and it, you're fair game, right? But a 47-year-old man punching a 22-year-old guy is not a great look in my eyes. If you did, I don't understand watching the video, kind of, if that was a possible right. offense, but I don't understand what had gone on all year, right? Like, it just kind of looked like a super speedway racing incident. If I was at Martinsville and someone turned turned me backwards and I got piled into, it might be different. Super speedway racing, I would say if I was driving, I'd have it built in to know, like, okay, this might happen to me. But if there's stuff that boiled over, I, I can't say that I watched it closely enough. I just don't think that it was a good look for either of them. Nick Sanchez has had a lot going for him. He's had pace all year. Um, and this is quite literally and figuratively, I'd say a black guy for his career because he's a pretty quiet kid. And yeah, Matt Crafton. I mean, Matt Crafton's in his like f- all, all like fresh out of f- part of his career, zero f- given. you know, four, yeah, 47 years old race, you know, like whatever, man, I, I got my punch a kid today. So, <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> Charles Plank I don't violence. think meant to choose yeah. violence but is he a candidate he's got to be early dog of the week that was the other part of the truck race everybody's talking about Zane Smith pulls into the pits almost takes his tire carrier out dog
0: oh he took him out yeah he's lucky uh you know if there's nothing crazy that happens tomorrow and hopefully there's not hopefully it's pretty easy down pit road which I'm sure there will be tons of calamity down there but He's a, he's definitely the early candidate for Dog Week. It seems to happen.
1: Oh, no. that was crazy.
0: Thank God he got dude. Hero and a half shell. Hero and a half shell. Key. If you watch his face, he's lucky he's got a beard. Because if he didn't have a beard, his face would have been. He, you would see a spoiler mark across his face because his half shell <laughs> and his head sock ain't protecting him from one twenty aluminum. Spoiler to no. the face.
2: Moving moving at fifteen miles an hour.
0: But if he had a full face helmet on, like a grown adult, he wouldn't have to worry about that. But uh no, yeah, that's a that's a big deal. And man, it just goes to show you how hard he got hit. It took Zane damn near right out of the race, you know. So with the with the damage that, that got put on that. But yeah, that's that's the job, right? You go if you have a bad day at work, you could end up on Sports Center.
1: Yeah. Mm. I mean, or you could be th- a dog
0: of the week. Maybe we'll have to see. He
1: thought he was gonna. He's like, I thought they're like, mm-hmm. what do you think was gonna happen? He's like, I tried to clear it, and yep. I almost did. <laughs> I was like, Dang.
0: I've had that happen to me at Daytona. I was pitting for Michael McDowell in '95 car, and he spun out like that same exact way, getting in the box. But it was still six man, so the tire carrier didn't have two tires. So like, we were able to. heat the tire carrier, still got hit, but um the tire carrier was the most vulnerable in that position, especially. With the way we do it now, like five man pit stops because the tire carrier goes out in front of the changer, in between the changer and the jack man, but the jack man can kind of stop because he doesn't have as much weight. You know, the carrier's carrying ninety pounds of tires. So yeah. One, good on him for getting back up, finishing the race. And two, thank God those tires didn't get lost. Yeah, he was uh, carrying two pit box somewhere. So
1: I was like, Woo, dropped one, oh, kept yeah. it moving. They went to his pit on Fox. He was like, I'm good, let's roll. Dog yeah. material. Charles Plank. Dog material. Can't be a cat.
0: You can't be a cat. If you want to do this job, gotta be dog. All
1: right, core tomorrow, what do you think about Cup? So, doesn't surprise me, but for the top five qualifiers, qualifiers are Fords. Eric Amaral is on the pole. Joey Logano outside. Couple playoff guys buried a little deep. We can talk about that, but what do you think of Ford's strength? To me, it's just, I mean, it's same old, same old. Like, But Chevrolets have won the last, what, three straight super speedway races? So we'll see.
2: Yeah, I think that Ford generally have the most speed at at a speedway, whether it's qualifying at Atlanta, Daytona, Talladega. They generally occupy a lot of the top 10 positions. And I I feel like Chevy executes as an entire organization better, particularly key partners, right? Like we don't get invited to the meetings. We have our own friends that we kind of, figure out our own pit strategy but those eight key partner chevy teams are pretty pretty well married to each other all day and stick to their guns and that's how they generally cycle just strengthen numbers in front of those fords but fords have controlled the race i feel like this is going to be a track position race more so than any other speedway we've been to so you you look at you look at the uh the penske cars obviously trying to get that 12 to the next round is going to be the number one priority and they're going to be working together with the two the 22 to get that two get track or the 12 get that track position and maintain it all day they're going to be hard to beat once they get in control of the day and control the lanes and and you can block a third lane from coming so if you don't have track position for a guy like me it's going to be a long day to try to get it uh, without getting crafty or getting lucky uh just because everybody knows how hard it is to pass you just can't drive from one of to third anymore it's just not how it works um, so I don't anticipate a lot of crashes. NASCAR told the team. So one of the talking points from qualifying was the, the crab walking the backwards left, left rear out when there wasn't really any rules on where you could run your rear geometry. Uh, so some teams worked on it and really figured it out. NASCAR told you where your pickup points had to be this race. Uh, so it's taken a lot of that crab walking out. And I feel like that's going to allow the cars to drive better overall. So you're going to see less cars out of shape and hopefully less wrecks. I don't know. Fans like to see wrecks. I like to see wrecks too because that's usually how – that's the easiest way to get spots. Uh, But I don't anticipate seeing huge pileups like we're accustomed to seeing at Talladega tomorrow or today.
1: If it's going to happen, I feel like, Ryan, what we've seen is – and we've talked to a couple team guys this week. uh, Denny anticipates – you know we've seen this before, especially in the postseason. The end of stages—I don't. No one means to do it, right? You never want to be in it, but you're going for those stage points. Maybe not the end of stage one will get crazy, but the end of stage two, and that's kind of when we've seen it.
0: Yeah, I think both stages are super important. And you look at like what happened to us at at Daytona um, when we were just there for the finale of the regular season. We're leading the race, coming back to take the green checkered, you know, going to win the stage. Everything's happy. Everybody's honky-dory. And then all of a sudden, one bad push from the 20 to the 54, and we're firewall deep in the fence. So I've always said that, you know, going out front and leading is the safest route, but even that at Daytona got us in trouble. And, And with as valuable as stage points are, especially in the round of eight, to guys like Bubba Wallace, Tyler Reddick, us, the eight car, the five car, I think that's where desperation, you know, will uh, will prevail because twenty stage points in the first two stages can change the trajectory of your season. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know if the calamity starts early and lasts all day or if it
2: doesn't. I think we're going to see a lot of green flag runs, and yeah, GM gives out the pre-race report, and the questions always is our is our chances of crashing lower if we are up front or lower if we fall to the back so they have done a pretty intensive survey of positions involved in incidents and it's legitimately a bell curve so if you are the it's like first through 40 on the x-axis probability getting crashed on the y it's literally for the first four or five, your position of getting your your uh, percentage of getting crash is like less than 10%. As you go towards 13th to 15th, 15th is where the peak of that bell is, and your chance of getting crash is like 100 And then as you go down, obviously last place, your odds of getting crash is pretty low as well. So you do not want to be from 12th to 18th. That's like the danger zone of where if there is a crash, it's going to happen you are going to be in it. is there anywhere else that peaks that's like just a random spot like 31st oh boink! <laughs> don't be there uh, uh i mean they're they're like it's higher like in the last three or four than you'd expect to right Of yeah. just like falling off or somebody yeah. blowing a tire
0: or something like that but man that's a that's interesting
1: I feel like that's where Denny's going to be. And I don't think he's shy about it. And I don't really think he cares what he's supposed to do. Plus he's 32, 37 above the cut. I think Denny's going to be in the back, like first two stages, just riding.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Denny, you know, Denny's plus 37 too, right? So he can, he could even have an issue here and still feel decent about going to the Roval. The, the one that I really, I mean, he qualified in top five, but the one that, that I'll be intrigued to see how his day goes with the five car. Notably not a, not extremely pumped about speedway racing, vocally doesn't like it, doesn't have a ton of success doing it, and the same goes with the, with the 19. So I'll be interested to see how those two do tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Larson's only two above the cut. Truex is 19 above the cut. Those are the two I think a lot of people keep their eye on. Kyle Busch, right now he's at the bottom. Minus he won the last
0: race here. Didn't he? Yeah,
1: Didn't that's he yeah, he won it earlier this year. Qualified 25th. I got my eye on Corey. Always asks, who's our pick? I got my eye on BK. Going into the weekend, I said it before oh, qualifying. Five, How'd five, you think five, the six look?
2: I like that pick. And he even comes with a little, bit of, little confidence, a little fire suit walk. Says he feels like they're due. And there's nobody in the field that knows how to find their way to Victor at Talladega better than Brett Keselowski. So I like that pick. I don't feel like he's going to be the priority within the Ford camp, though. Um, so might be misinform. Is he still in the playoffs? Brad, yeah. He's, he's yeah. in the good, plus oh, okay. eight or six. Right. So, yeah. So I feel like trying to get the twelve into it to just keep a Chevy out or a Toyota out is the intention, and what's being talked about in those Ford meetings. So I'm going to go on a limb and just say, strength in numbers and overall speed, Ford has the upper hand this weekend I feel like Blaney's gonna be a strong one gets his Let's ticket punched around eight.
1: music to your ears Flores starting yeah
2: to- yeah I think it's
0: a I think it's a business trip for us and that's the plan is to go there and and uh just win the race right that's the that's the only goal is to score max stage points and then win the race if nothing else you know leave there with as many points as we can but we don't want to go as, as poor as the road course program has been uh, in the Penske camp this year. You don't want to go to Roval with a question mark or being close to the cutoff line. So, yeah, I mean, I think the only the only objective tomorrow is to win the race. And I would go with us, too. And if I wasn't going to go with us, I think I think the 10 car would be, you know, I, I know he's on the pole, but Stuart Haas is desperate. They need a win. They haven't won this year. Um, A lot going on over in that camp. So if it, if it's going to be another Ford, I think it might be the 10.
1: Well, strategy, Flores, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, I think what we've seen in the past is if, if it's the green flag runs like this, when you pit at your fuel window at the end of the race, it's usually the guy in the lead that's at the biggest deficit because they can't save fuel. Uh, so you see the guy that's leading the train down pit road kind of get jumped because they have to take an extra second or so of fuel because they've burned more. So that'll be the game. I think tomorrow is leading, but being able to save or staying in striking distance. And you're not going to win it on pit road, but you sure as hell can lose it there. So get them tight. Get them right. Don't have to come back down.
1: Sounds like a plan. LaJoy, behave yourself. No boulevard trips for you tonight, my friend.
2: Uh, I'll be tucked in bed. I'll be listening to those boys. i will be turned up having a good time. But we got 500 miles for the belts to be tight. See if we can't put our Cambridge Camaro in the mix.
1: Love it. Something else I love. Every race the rest of the year, race fans, on the big network NBC tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time. That is Sunday. Corey, good luck and Godspeed, my friend. Go get them. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Gus. Flores, you too, buddy. I appreciate that. This is Spare Change for Stacking Pennies. Enjoy the race, everybody, presented by Mobile One.